Live from Parts Unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, before we begin, it is just me today, which now feels quite unique given that uh, I usually have a Patreon. And that's why I wanted to get started because I want to say if you are a uh, part of the patreon.com for Simon Miller 316 Club and you're in the correct tier and you are waiting for your pro wrestling podcast appearance, you should have a message from me in the Patreon. So please do get back to me so we can sort out your day. And if you don't have a message, get in touch and say, Simon, where's my message? But everyone should have one. Uh, but I understand Patreon's messaging service is not the best. So please do uh, get in touch. And I also wanted to use the start of this podcast just quickly, which is why I'm co- talking quite fast, because people want to get into wrestling, which I understand. Uh, but just like do a mini push for the patron and let people know it is out there, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. And that is basically a way, I mean, you can come on the podcast um, at a certain tier, or if you, even if you could just throw $1, it, but everyone listen to the, I always say this, but it's true. If everyone listening to this could just throw $1 in there, it just makes the day-to-day running of things like this and my everyday life. Uh, well, you know, this is what I do for a living. This is how I make my money. Um, you know, and I'm very lucky that loads of people support me. And obviously, the more support that we get, the more we can do. So I just thought I'd do a, a little shout out there. So yeah, just patient.com for the Simon 316. Uh, and yeah, you know, you can just go there and you can you can help me out with stuff, basically. And that would rock. Also, please do subscribe to my channel at youtube.com for the Miller Report Rules on Twitter at Simon316 and join the Facebook group at Simon Miller's Bro Wrestling Podcast. I think that's everything. I think we've pimped. I think we've done that. Uh, we've done that enough. So there's only one thing left to do. Actually, the, the other thing I'm going to promote, and this all ties in, so it's fine. Uh, week on Monday, as I'm recording this today, is Wednesday the 16th of May. And on Monday the 28th of May, which is a bank holiday in uh, in the UK, we, um, we, 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 we're a team, we're a team. We are returning to the ring in Sheffield uh, for Defiant Wrestling at the um, Road to Destruction show. I'm going to be tagging with Prince Amin to take on Drake and Gabriel Kidd. Obviously, this will be my first ever in-ring performance from a more standard match type. Obviously, the first time we did it was a Raw Rumble. Um, and if you head over, if you just uh, search for Defiant Wrestling on Google, you can get some tickets if you want to come down. Or you can sign up to access.wearedefiant.com if you'd like to watch it. And, you know, for me, this is quite a big deal, if I'm completely honest. Because, you know, no matter how ready I am from a training standpoint... You're never actually ready to do something like this in front of a live crowd until you do it. So we don't know how it's going to go, but that's the whole reason why we're going to do it regardless and see what happens. And I would love to see as many familiar faces there, or at least feel as many uh, faces there through, like I said, the streaming service. Should you like, um, should you like to come and uh, and watch it? Uh, that would be great. That would be awesome. Uh, I am looking forward to it immensely. Uh, if you want sort of an update about my pro wrestling stuff, I'm still going to the training sessions, obviously, because that's. Um, that's the way to do it. And the ultimate goal is to hopefully continue on throughout the rest of the year and become a professional wrestler. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, I still want to do the YouTube stuff because not only do I enjoy it and I'd never want to give that up, but I also think it's quite unique in the world of wrestling. And I think that's really important to have a USP, to have a niche and be original. You know, I can be the YouTube guy and I can be the wrestler, but that is the plan. 
So maybe you listen to this and you own a wrestling promotion. If you'd like to book me, get in touch at Simon316. That will be coming soon too. I want to focus on Defiant Wrestling for now because I don't think you should run before um, you can walk. And obviously we're, we're still trotting at the moment. We're still taking baby steps. However, if that is something you'd like to talk to me about, please do and we can, we can talk about what the plans are for the future. Lastly, to answer a question that somebody asked me, yes, merchandise is on the way. It should be ready for May the 28th and I'll be selling it online. So you'll be able to buy your Y t-shirts very soon. Soon, soon, if that is what your heart desires. Let's talk some professional wrestling. Now, I think the first thing we have to talk about is the All In Show. The All In Show went on sale whenever it went on sale, and it sold out in about 30 minutes. Uh, we talked about this briefly on the show that we did earlier in the week on Monday with Jim Sterling, which I'd also implore you to go check out. It's up on SoundCloud, it's on iTunes, on all podcasting apps, and it's on YouTube as well, which you can go watch it should, if you haven't caught up with it yet. Um, but it really is a big deal because depending on how this, and I get it, the argument is twofold. The argument is one, um, you know, uh, uh, the scalpers bought a lot of tickets. I don't necessarily think that seems to be true now. I mean, scalpers bought some tickets, of course, but it doesn't seem to be a large percentage. And again, even if they did, I'm sure the Cody, Cody Bucks and Cody Bucks, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks would mind to a certain degree because you know they want to they want to sell proper tickets. You don't want to, um, you know. You want to sell to fans, right? Nobody actually wants to sell to scalpers. It's just one of those things you have to deal with. However, the more, you know, the other argument is that because this is a one-off show, they wouldn't be able to do this every year. And you know what? That could be true. However, the alternative to that is maybe we could make All In the indie wrestling version of WrestleMania. I don't think that exists. Like Ring of Honor have theirs and New Japan have theirs. I mean, New Japan doesn't really tie into this. They're their own entity. But, you know, Bound for Glory and TNA, I think, I think that's their version of WrestleMania. What they see is, or maybe it's Slammiversary, I can't remember. Or Impact Wrestling, I should say. But that's still different. And it all still feeds into sort of this, you know, huge entity that we call indie wrestling. And that's why I genuinely think you know, with the right support, with the right matches, with a different promotion next year, or making sure it's got a big deal or a big feel about it, and obviously pulling off the one they're going to do in September. Why can't we have All In 2, All In 3, once a year in September? It's a great time to have it, because it's far enough away from WrestleMania. I know it's close to SummerSlam, but SummerSlam doesn't have the same, you know, uh, power as WrestleMania does. And I think that is something, I mean, the indie scene's amazing anyway, and who am I to, you know, give any advice on it? But with that said, I do think that's something the indie scene misses. Like this big showcase event where maybe Maybe you could get everybody involved. And I know contracts and television makes that harder. But if Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks can can be on it, I'm pretty sure there's a situation where, you know, we can be somewhat open. I just think that's a great idea. And anyone that's upset that this show did so well is crazy to me because it benefits everybody. You know, the bigger indie wrestling is, the more wrestlers are going to get a showcase. And even if you're a big WWE guy, the more you know, the, the more potential they could go there. And I think that's the key here, is that wrestling being successful in any guise, be it New Japan, WWE, Ring of Honor, Shikara, AAA, CMML, I don't know, loads. Progress is all just a chance for more wrestlers to shine, and the more wrestlers that do shine, the more likely they are to eventually get to the WWE or just be showcased in front of a wrestling audience. And as we know from the dying days of WCW, you know, creativity creates the other way around. Competition creates creativity and creativity creates cash and a bit of controversy as well, which we all like. So I, I, I love the fact that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks have done this. I think one, it shows how good they are at marketing themselves, how much they understand social media and how much, they, and it's not going to work for everyone, of course. WWE is always going to be the big land, the big world, where you're going to make the most money. But it does show if you can you know, get a fan base excited about what you're going to do, 
You don't need that WWE machine behind you. And the rumor is that Cody Rhodes right now is making more money than he ever did in WWE. Is that true? I don't know. But it's, it could be. It could be. And, you know, the other rumor was that CM Punk was going to be on the show. As it proved, we, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. It would be awesome, obviously. But in terms of selling tickets, it didn't make a difference. They sold all ten or 11,000 for the, I think it's the Sears Center in Chicago. But they're all gone. And I really hope this goes from strength to strength. I hope that they do do another one. And I hope we can start treating it like like a big deal. Because that, that is what it should be. And at the moment, we don't even have any matches announced. None. We know the wrestlers that are going to be on there because they've been advertising them through Twitter and whatnot. But no, unless I've missed one that's gone live today, which I don't think I have, we don't know one match. And we still sold out a massive building. I believe to be the first building within twenty, the last 20 years that WWE, you know, the, you know, the biggest show outside of WWE in the last 20 years for a North American company in North America. I think. Something like that. The numbers are good. That's all that matters. So I, I thought that was great. I'm excited to see it. I'll definitely watch it. I assume it's going to be on someone's streaming service. And just look at the talent you've got on there. It's not going to be bad by any stretch of the imagination. And I, genu- I genuinely do think that it's... Um, I genuinely do think it's very exciting. And I, uh, I can't wait to see. I cannot wait to see what they, what they pull off. And knowing what they're like and what they can do... I I think it will it will be a show that we all remember for for some time. But we will see. We will see. But I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Raw and SmackDown this week as well. They were kind of shows. I mean, after the, the ratings last week weren't great. Um, but I, I, I say they're not great. I would still argue that they're fine for this time of year because there's always a lull at this time of year. Be with the NBA playoffs. We have the WrestleMania. You know, lull when everyone gets excited and then it goes. But the real. I think talking issue from both shows is that Raw started, and they'd already talked about this on social media beforehand, is that all of a sudden Ronda Rousey is going to take on Nia Jax at Money in the Bank for the Women's Championship. And this just baffled me. Now, look, WWE can do whatever they want. And if you're a casual fan, this probably works well. You see Ronda Rousey's name, you see that she's fighting for the Women's Championship, and you probably get quite excited. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the match. I think it'll be okay. I mean, Nia Jax is not the greatest wrestler in the world, but she can hold her own. She's got a character. She's got a gimmick. She's doing okay. The thing that I miss, or the thing I think we could have benefited from here, was some kind of a story, was a build. Because instead, we've gone from... Even if WWE had decided to hotshot this and do it off the back of WrestleMania, that would have been better. Because at least then, there was some... Um, you know, It felt like she... I'm not saying she doesn't feel like a big deal now. She does. But it would have been like, right, I've smashed Stephanie McMahon, now I'm going after the title. Instead, she had some weird halfway house stuff with Natty Neidhart, which was clearly the plan originally, until they changed their minds and decided, hey, we should put her in a title match. And now she's just going for it. And the clips they showed us from that new media event, or whatever the hell it was on Raw... It was just all, everyone was laughing, and everyone was having a good time, and everyone was like, <laughs> and it was just, it, it was, it just, it just felt off to me. And I don't think that's something that's necessarily going to grab fans' uh, attention, other than the intrigue of, okay, well, how the, how's the match going to go? How's Ronda going to do? It, I don't know. I thought it was strange, and I don't see what kind of match they have at Money in the Bank. You'd imagine that Ronda needs more experience, uh, just resting in front of live crowds. Nia Jax's style is very specific. I don't know how that matches up to Rousey. Does Rousey just squash her? And if so, why do we bother doing any of the stuff with, with Nia Jax up to this point? It just came out of left field. I mean, it really, really didn't. It felt off and it felt awkward. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really... Well, I do, I, do, I do understand what the point is. I, I see what they're trying to achieve. They obviously see money in Ronda Rousey. They see a women's division on Raw that maybe they believe is a little short at the moment or a little bit flat. 
and they think it's a much better press opportunity to have a proper mainstream celebrity with the Raw Women's title around her shoulder. And I've got no problem with that. But again, it does kind of tie back into this Oscar-Charlotte-WrestleMania 34 match where you're like, okay, the plans have gone out the window. I, I, basically, I don't think any of this was planned. It feels very off-the-cuff and off-the-fly booking, and I'm not necessarily sure that's good going forward. But look, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. Maybe Nia Jax goes heel, ties uh, teams up with Stephanie McMahon. Ronda Rousey suffers a loss, but it's not the end of the world because she got screwed. It brings Stephanie McMahon onto TV. Whether you want that or not, it's going to happen eventually. Nia Jax probably better as a heel. Well, she does get good reactions every now and then. But at least it would be different. At least that would be different. So I wouldn't mind seeing something like that, but I was surprised. When I was the first, also, the first thing we saw on Raw was that. So WWE clearly think it's a big deal, and we ran that package over and over throughout the night. So strange, this one. Very, very... Uh, very, very strange. The other big feud that we've got coming out of Raw is Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. I have no idea who wanted to watch that, but pff, hey, we're here now. I didn't actually mind what they did on this show. Like, Roman, you know, speared him through it. Obviously, cardboard wall, whatever. It's for impact. It's for effect. Uh, screwed him out of his money in the bank chance. Like, Jinder screwed him out, so they're evens. And it will just probably be a, a, a match that's in the middle of the card on Money in the Bank and maybe going on sooner. But it just doesn't excite me very much. And that's not a knock on either Roman Reigns or Jinder Mahal. I just don't think they're a very good fit. And also, it's a good guy that's not loved and a bad guy that's kind of hated, but not really. It's a bit like a halfway house with Jinder Mahal. So it's difficult to get overly excited about it. Um, and again, Jinder Mahal came out to, to, to um, confront... Uh, well, no, he was going to confront uh, Roman at the start of Raw, but Kurt Angle came out instead. And throughout all of this as well, Roman is talking about how management has screwed him. What are you talking about? How has management screwed you? Management haven't screwed you. When did management screw you? When you when you got beaten up by Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 34 and lost? Or I, I, you can argue that the you know the cage match at uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble was a bit of a screw job, but not really, not really. Like it's oh, I don't know, I don't know. It's, I, I did a video for What Culture called Why WWE is, uh, Has Killed Roman Reigns, which I implore you to go and watch if you haven't already, because I think that just kind of sums up the point. It's not Roman's fault at this stage. He's been giving stupid verbiage to say, and he's being involved in angles. Either like Brock Lesnar, which kind of just goes on forever, they never pull the trigger on, or he gets put with Jinder Mahal. And it's nothing, there's no offense against Jinder Mahal. I like Jinder Mahal. I really do a lot more than other people do. But I just don't think Jinder Mahal right now versus Roman Reigns is a feud anybody wants to see because I just don't think they're eliciting the right reaction from the crowd, or at least not to the level that they need to be. I don't think people are going to boo Roman just because, uh, cheer Roman just because they want to boo Jinder. They just boo both of them. And that's what I mean. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens for the title was brilliant. One of the best matches of the year to on Raw so far, I thought. Uh, Seth Rollins right now. Seth Rollins right now is is the MVP of the company. Or, or Raw, I should say, because Samoa Joe is amazing too. But, you know, awesome matches. Gets his character. Can get away with most of what he's told to say on the microphone because he just got away with the fans and a certain delivery. Um, yeah, I mean, just awesome. Just, just really, really, really good. Kevin Owens is excellent. Uh, we'll get back to him in a bit. Oh, I do want to talk about before I forget. I seem to be alone here, but that's fine. The B team. Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. I'm all right with it, man. I think it's funny. I mean, the fact that they wanted to be called the A team and Kurt Angle's like, name's already taken, will be the B team and B stands for best. They weren't doing anything with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas before this, and I really wanted them to. So if the answer is to put them in a goofy team where they say something that makes me laugh, I'm 100% in. 100%. I think it's brilliant. So, uh... I mean, will it go anywhere or will it just peter out and they vanish from TV? Probably, because that always seems to, to to be what happens with teams like that. The WWE seems as ex expendable. But I like them on this show. 
Uh, they had a tag team match with Breeze Ango later to try and prove to Kurt Angle they deserved the title shot. I'll take the B team versus Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, especially because that feels a little bit flat at the moment. I mean, they beat the revival on this show, the Deleter of Worlds, they're now called. What that means for the revival, I don't know. Ever since they had those injuries on Raw, they just seem surplus to requirements now. And they, they lose all the time, and I don't even think anybody knows who they are or their names. They don't get any kind of response. Again, not their fault. That's just the way that the cookie has crumbled. But yeah, I mean, it's not like there's an abundance of teams waiting to go. So if we can do Breezango versus uh, Breezango, the B team versus the Elite of the World and ham it up a bit like those two teams would, I'd enjoy it. I think it would be all right. I quite like Curtis Axel and Bo Dazzles. But Dallas? Dallas, I think I, I, there's something about them. Maybe because they're stupid. Maybe because deep down I think I'd like um, someone to do more with them. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have an answer for it. But there's just there, there, there's something there. Uh, well, I think anyway. Again, I just like the fact they're doing something with them. I like the fact they're doing something with them. At one point, they were just going to roll along and do nothing. So at least, uh, at least, we, at least we're doing something with here. Where we seem to have gone very awry is with Baron Corbin. Uh, uh, well, yeah, Baron Corbin does count. I meant, I meant Bobby Roode, but he fought Baron Corbin and No Way Jose in a triple threat match. Baron Corbin won to get the money in the bank. Bobby Roode, why am I getting those two names mixed up? B, I guess. Bobby Roode won after hitting No Way Jose with his glorious DDT. I would say this for Baron Corbin as well, actually, but more for Bobby Roode because he seems to have done more this year. I mean, he was the US champion a few months ago on SmackDown. Now he's on Raw and he just feels surplus to requirements. It almost feels like nobody, not that nobody cares, it's a bit harsh, but I don't know, there just seems to be something missing there. I think he needs to go heel. That would be my personal preference. Uh, no way Jose is fine, but I think Baron Corbin's the same. I kept getting told that everyone had huge plans for Baron Corbin, huge plans for Baron Corbin. Nothing's happened with Baron Corbin this year. I can't even think of the feud he's in right now. I mean, he's in a feud. I don't think he is. I guess with No Way Jose, right? I don't know. I, re I really, I really, really don't know. It was, um, it was very strange. And really, at this point, Bob, Bobby Roode, Bob Roode's got to go heel. At least that's what I think anyway. I've never really particularly been a fan of him as a face, which is probably a bit insulting. I don't mean it that way. I just think he's a much better, uh, he's a much better, he's a much better heel. So I don't get, pff, I don't know. I don't get it. You tell me, because I don't, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Um, what else do we need to talk about? It's a good question. So we've done the B team. Oh, we had the Ember Moon, Natty, and Sasha Banks match. Now, this annoyed me because they all took on the Riot Squad, and Bailey didn't get involved in this at all. I know at this point it's even what is the point of even arguing about the whole Sasha Banks Bailey thing? It's clearly WWE aren't invested in it, they clearly don't care. It certainly does seem like they pulled the trigger, well, it'll stop pulling the trigger on Bailey entirely. They've got no interest in doing that. But they're still teasing it though, because we had a backstage segment later when uh, I can't remember who Bailey fought now. Some person, I don't even care. <laughs> And um, it was it was Alexa Bliss uh, beat Bailey and Mickey James in a triple threat to win to win the Money in the Bank. Uh, Matt will get in the Money in the Bank. And before that, we had some sort of backstage teasing between Sasha Banks and Bailey, and yet we're not doing anything with it. And we've already we, they've already fallen out. So I don't get it. I really I really don't understand what any of that's about. And it's really difficult to you, you know if they ever do do the the um what do you call it kick it off. How are we going to care? How are we going to care? Because they've already done it, not done it, done it, not done it. So by you've done it, I'm going to be like, oh, well, I'm bored now. You toyed around with this too much. That really is getting long in the tooth. And I actually think, uh, well, we talked about the, the Ronda Rousey stuff too. But I genuinely do think a little bit that maybe all the booking with the women, both on Raw and SmackDown at the moment, is a little bit lacklustre. Um, I don't mean that in, well, it's just a bad thing to say. But what I mean is, it just everything, nothing seems to make sense. Like, so Ronda Rousey just gets thrown into a title match, and then Paige comes out on SmackDown, and she just throws Oscar into a title match with Carmella. 
you know, there's no, there's no build and no story. I mean, I know we're doing qualifying matches from Money in the Bank at the moment, but there still is a lot of random matches even when we're not doing that. We're not really doing anything with Becky Lynch. I haven't seen Naomi on SmackDown in ages. And I understand there's only so many spots, and that SmackDown especially is only a two-hour show. But I don't know. When we've got feuds like ba Bailey and Sasha Banks that are just sort of dying before they've even given a chance, it's difficult to figure out why. Here's why. Shouldn't have done that. Regretted it. So that's a bit strange. We also found out that Sami Zayn is going to have a proper feud with, um, with Bobby Lashley. And if that doesn't just prove how crazy things have been since WrestleMania, at one point, I thought Bobby Lashley was feuding with Elias. That stopped. Then I thought Elias was feuding with Bobby Roode. That stopped. So I can't, I can't keep up with the whole thing. So that's been very strange all around. I don't mind Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. I think I worry for Sami Zayn because I think WWE are going to let Bobby Lashley just run through him and kill him. But I love Sami Zayn, and this is a high-profile feud. But again, I should argue there as well, because we had all the teasing with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe? With Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I actually don't mind they're holding off on that, because I don't want to see that again yet. I do at some point, but not, uh, not at the moment. But we just stopped there. And that's what I mean. Everything is still stop-starty, which is really... I don't understand why we don't have six six plans at the moment and what exactly it is. I really do think it's the whole Brock Lesnar thing. I think Brock Lesnar winning at WrestleMania derailed everything. Because, you know, we were going to have Reigns versus Joe for the Universal title. That stopped. Samoa Joe got moved to SmackDown because of that. Uh, maybe that is what resulted in Jinder coming across. And he's now feuding with Romans. We weren't supposed to have that. Bobby Roode was his champion. He's not anymore. He's been through about two feuds since he's been on Raw since, since the draft. It really has had a knock-on effect. And I think it will balance out after the while. I think Money in the Bank is one of those pay-per-views that can get away with a lot because everyone loves Money in the Bank. Hopefully one briefcase goes to SmackDown and one briefcase goes to Raw because I don't want two on the same show. That sounds like nonsense. While it's a bit obvious, sometimes you have to be obvious in wrestling. And I don't think that's a problem. And talking about, you know, all this stuff rolling downhill, that's why we also got a tag match tonight between Braun Strowman and Finn Balor who have nothing to do, which is crazy when it comes to Braun because he's basically the guy at the moment. And they took on Ziggler and McIntyre. Now, I like Ziggler and McIntyre as a team. They've grown on me a lot, and I actually think they have great potential. However, with that said, why on earth are the GOAT taking on Finn Balor and Braun Strowman? I, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Braun Strowman right now should be, you know, he should be, he should be taking over the world. You know, and one of the reasons that he's not is because of this obsession with Roman Reigns. We talked about that on Monday with Jim Sterling. Go listen to that if you'd like, um, if you'd like to hear more. But it's, uh, you know... It's strange that someone that managed to get themselves over and somebody who they actually want to be over would then be in random tag matches with Finn Balor. And they lost. And I understand Finn Balor took the pin because, of course, he took the pin. He always takes the pin. But I don't... Th I think sometimes being in limbo for too long can be a really, a really dangerous thing. And that, you know, that's... I, I'm not saying we're there just yet, but I, I certainly do think that we need to... I mean, Finn Balor should have a proper program... Uh, Braun Strowman should absolutely have a, a have a have a proper program, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. It's just I don't know. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw Braun Strowman was uh, <laughs> was teaming with Finn Balor in a random tag team match. That was very strange, very very strange uh, indeed. The main event was uh, obviously we, we had the big beatdown of Jinder Mahal, so he got taken out of the Triple H threat match. It was Kevin Owens taking on Elias and Bobby Lashley. Sami Zayn came out, took out Lashley, allowing Kevin Owens to win. So he's now in the Money in the Bank. So top of my head, I haven't got this written down. I should have done. Braun Strowman's in Money in the Bank. Um, Kevin Owens is in Money in the Bank. And that's all I can think about. I mean, there's definitely more than that. Let's look it up, as we always do. 
Uh, and we can see who's in the women's one as well because it's just so that when there's two, especially because apparently there's going to be three as well. The rumour is there's going to be a tag team one, which I'm not, not so sure that is going to happen because no one's mentioned anything yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, the men's one apparently is, is, is pretty much sorted after SmackDown. It is Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor. Of course, he got in last week. Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Rusev versus Bobby Roode versus Kevin Owens versus one of the New Day and versus Samoa Joe or Big Cass. I would guess that Big E and Samoa Joe. So I would say it's versus those two. So it's quite good on paper. And having eight people in there is going to be very interesting. They're all premier workers. And the, uh, the female one at the moment is Ember Moon, Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Billy Kay or Lana because they're having a match on SmackDown next week. Maybe a Sasha Banks or a Bailey gets in there too. Somehow they work that. I don't know how they would, um, but we will see. Same goes for SmackDown really this week. I did actually like both shows. I know I'm picking holes in it, but it's just easier to talk about the holes. Um, I mean, I really liked how SmackDown started because Daniel Bryan came out to a huge ovation because they were in London, and I just, you know, I just, I just thought it was wonderful. And then amazingly, they actually allowed. Um, Daniel Bryan to beat the shit out of Big Cass. He made him tap out. Well, not really, it wasn't a match, but you know, he made him tap uh, via, uh, you know, a heel hook, which isn't even his finishing move. Now, this could be just because the rumor, the rumor says that Big Cass got in trouble because he was told not to do a beat down on the um, uh, what do you call it, the, the little person they had a couple of weeks ago, just to give him a clothesline or a big boot or whatever it was when they first started. Uh, and then he decided to go against that, which is nuts. It's absolutely bizarre that he just went, nah, I'm just going to do what I wanted. So I don't know where it goes from this. So this could be, you know, a one and done, and then Big Cass is actually going to start getting his momentum back. But seeing Daniel Bryan treated like he was a world champion and main eventer was awesome. So I'd certainly like to see... I'd certainly like to see more more of that. Uh, we had the Biggie and Xavier Woods taking on the bar, which is a bit rubbish. It was kind of there. And the Miz was on commentary, so that felt all, all over the place. Bludgeon Brother promo was fine, but they didn't, certainly need challenges given they're the tag champs. Uh, we got a Rose versus Becky Lynch versus who was else? Uh, who's in that match? I can't remember the other person. Ah, I can't remember her name. Uh, Deville, Sonya Deville. Becky Lynch won that, and she went into Money in the Bank. AJ Styles and Nakamura had an incredible main event. I think it's their best SmackDown or best WWE match they've had so far. The winner of which was going to choose a stipulation of their match at Money in the Bank, which is dumb because we've already had matches with no stipulations. So while all of a sudden we're putting it in the hands of the wrestlers, is anybody's guess. But it was good. It was really, really good. And I'm really hoping that Nakamura wins at the pay-per-view and we can just uh, we can just go from there. Andrade, Cien Almas debuted, beat uh, Jake Constantino. That was solid. More teasing about English, Rana and Lusev. Rana. English, Lana and Rusev. Bit worried about that, but hey, we'll see. And then we talked about the Oscar challenging, um, challenging Carmella stuff. And again, that was... You know, that, that that was SmackDown. I know I kind of just th flown through it right there, but it was a show that, while fun to watch, didn't necessarily have... It wasn't that much to talk about, really. But it was good. I, I, I thought both shows this week were, were, were good. I mean, we are in that awful period at the moment where we're so far away from uh, the next pay-per-view that we do have to you know, stall, I'm sure, what a lot they want to do because you don't want to give away too much too soon. But I enjoyed it. I thought they were both good shows. I think Money in the Bank will be good. If I had to pick ones now, and this will probably change as time goes on, but I would probably give it to Braun Strowman. And uh, the women's one is a lot harder. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I'm not 100% sure. But I think, well, I guess Braun Strowman can lose without losing. My, but then again, every time I bet against someone that WWE loves, I'm wrong. So I'd probably go with Braun Strowman. But we will, um, uh, we will see. But yeah, I thought two decent episodes. Uh, you know, we've got backlash out of our rearview mirrors now, which I think is really important because nobody enjoyed that. So let's certainly not go back to that. And yeah, you know, 
the Roman Reigns problem, we again, go listen to Monday's episode if you want us to get in deep with that, where we talk about all that kind of stuff. It's up on, uh, yeah, it's up on all, all the usual places. But let's see where we are after Money in the Bank. Eventually, let's just let's just get the title off Rain, uh, Lesnar. That's what we should do. Let's get the title off Lesnar and then then sort of reset. I think that's what we need to do at this stage. Or at least that's what I hope we do at this stage. I think that would be better for everybody. I think not having the universal title on Raw uh, means it's not it's lacking a certain focus. And I think we need that focus. I think the best way to do that is with, you know, having the main prize back on the show. I, I didn't mind it at first, but I think now it's probably um, a little long in the tooth. Uh, we also found out, uh, we didn't also find out, but there was also a report going around this week that Mandy Rose, the character, is originally what WWE wanted Emelina to be. If you remember Emelina, which was, a lot, you know, kind of the, the, be- the beginning of the end for, for Emma in general. Um, but yeah, we will. Um, she's doing all right. A lot of people see potential in her. I think she's okay, but uh, we will see. My biggest interest at the moment is what happens with Big Cass and Daniel Bryan. Right now, I've got that stupid, uh, exciting feeling where I like to think, you know, maybe they are actually going to push Daniel Bryan, but of course they're not. I'm, I'm living in it. I'm living in a dream world. Uh, so something else I did want to do today, just because we have a ton of questions on the on the Facebook, I haven't got around to answering the last two weeks because I'm an idiot. I thought I'd just plow through them. Uh, just plow through them right now. Finally, get up to date with that. So hopefully, we can do another Q and episode of this week and actually have um, you know some up to date questions. As I'm getting them up, I will say you may have seen John Cena Sheena on the Today Show earlier in the week, where it certainly did come across like maybe we've all been worked when it comes to the John Cena and Nikki Bella storyline. He basically said that he still loves her, he wants to marry her, wants her kids, which has never come up in conversation before. I thought it was the whole point he didn't want his kids. And then Nikki Bella did a retort where she didn't actually seem that sad. So I am now very worried that we've all been worked. Not worried, I'm, I don't know. It just, it would have been a bit, I don't know, who even cares? Who even cares? But it was one of those moments where it was like, <laughs> maybe maybe we shouldn't have bought in uh, into stuff that WWE was telling us. But whatever. If they're back together, great. If they never broke up, great. What business is it of mine anyway? Even though WWE wanted to make it my business. But my first thought was, I think I've been worked by WWE. And you know what? Fair play to them. And it would suck in many ways. But in a way, in a you know, in, in an era where you know, trying to trick the audience and trying to you know, but you know, get kayfabe back into the the nature of the beast is almost impossible if they manage to do it this way and via total divas more power to them more power to them but we will we will wait and see right so just quick some questions uh patrick nathaniel johnson now your debut is out the way well done again thank you patrick do you have any short or long-term goals for your fledgling wrestling career anyone on defiant you'd like to work with well anyone is always the answer to that anyone on the defiant roster that wants to work with me i get down on my knees and thank them because i'm only going to learn from them they're more experienced than i am they're only going to allow me to get better. So there's not one person I wouldn't work with. Um, I'd love to work with Rampage one day, just think it'd be fun. But any of them, any of them, I think, I, I just, I just want to, you know, you meant tying into your first question, I would just like to be able to be with Defiant for as long as possible and hopefully turn this into something. I love doing it. I've got a passion for it. It's in my veins, as they say. So the longer I can do it, the happier I'm going to be. So fingers crossed I can turn this into a, into a long-term thing. <laughs> If I could turn it, if I could turn it into a proper career, awesome, absolutely. That's you know, that's it even boggles my mind that I got this far. This is why I kind of stumble and stutter over my words when I'm talking about it because I don't want to be arrogant. I want to be humble. However, my goals are to try and establish myself as a professional wrestler. I'm very blessed to have a small platform via YouTube. If I could then take that and then also establish myself as a wrestler, 
I uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be. I'll be happy. I'll be happy. But we will see. Uh, Dan, I should have talked about this as well, but thank you, Daniel, for mentioning it. Daniel J. Miller, what do you make of Jericho's return to Japan? Well, we talked about wrestlers working, everyone. As always, Chris Jericho is the king of working anybody, telling us he was done with New Japan. I really liked it. He's going to have a few with Naito. Naito's great. Jericho's great. He's proven that he can reinvent himself when he goes to Japan. I'm interested to see what he does. I wouldn't even mind if he beat Naito and then went on to have a world title shot against Kenny Omega. Maybe even wins a damn title. I don't care. I loved it. I really like Chris Jericho. I think he cemented himself as one of the best ever with all the stuff he's done recently. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. Christopher Brown, is Canada secretly the most important country in wrestling? There is infamously hot crowns. There have been some watershed moments held. There have been some watershed moments held there. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm really tired. I only got about three hours sleep, so you have to forgive me. Uh, there's more current day and past roster members than you think. Even the huge push to the West by New Japan was spearheaded by two Canadians at Wrestle Kingdom this year and not to forget the legendary Heart Dungeon Training School. I think Canada is absolutely a, a huge deal. But I, I think the way to put it is it's an underestimated deal to American wrestling companies, or at least it seems to be. If you remember when WCW took Bret Hart, it didn't go to Canada for ages. Whereas what they should have done is we go to Canada all the time, we'll make Bret Hart this huge star, which they didn't want to do, as we know. But absolutely... Um, whether it's not the most important one, I don't know, but I think it's an underrated one, and it's one that more people should talk about because so much good is coming. Edge and Christian spring to mind. Um, you know, I'm not saying they're the best wrestlers ever, but that's two great wrestlers to come out of Canada. You mentioned Chris Jericho. You mentioned Kenny Omega. You know, these are top top wrestlers. Bret Hart, Owen Hart. Um, and there's loads more as well. Like We're only scratching the surface here. We could probably come up with a list that goes on Lance Storm. Like, there's a load, load, load of good wrestlers from Canada. So, yeah, I think it's a bit like Britain in many ways. Uh, maybe not underappreciated uh, still, but maybe not as much as it once was, just thanks to social media and, and the internet making things um, a, lot, a lot smaller. Andrew Pollitt, if you could wrestle any wrestler past or present, who would it be? Always Bret Hart or Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would ask that every time it comes up, but definitely those two. Butch Carter, what about CM Punk coming back plus challenging for the title yeah um cm punk thing is cm punk has a fight in chicago in june i think a lot depends on what happens there if he wins i can't see him being in a wrestling match because he can probably get another fight earn a lot of money and then why would you want to risk that in a pro wrestling environment i guess it all depends but if he gets knocked out by mike jackson who i mean my mma knowledge is uh what do you call it I, I'm a big MMA fan, but people know more than me. I think that's the best way to put it. But I, I imagine he'd want to focus on that as, a, as opposed as opposed to wrestling, would be my guess. But I'd love to see him back. I love CM Punk. I love him. I think he's... Yeah, I just think he's great. I just think he's... I, I enjoyed his run there. I really did. Josh Tilbury. What did Primate say... What did Primate say when he saw you in your singlet? I saw the great Rachel Rumble reactions and he laughed when you said you were wearing one for the record. It suited you well. Thank you very much, Josh. I walked past him on the stairs... And he just laughed at me, but in a very nice, buddy-buddy way. I love Prime, mate. I'm devastated what happened about his career. He's such a good dude. He's so nice, just breaking kayfabe here entirely. Because I would have loved to have worked a match with him. I think that would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, he laughed, but I, I get it. I, a lot of people said stuff about my singlet that day. I get it. I lift weight to my bodybuilder. Um, they very kindly think I have a good physique. Why would I want to not show that off? Well, it's because I have body issues, and we need to get there. Well, not body issues. It's just intimidating. But we'll get there in time. But yeah, he did laugh, but it was very much... It was a friendly laugh. It made me feel good. It gave me a nice, like, oh, one of the boys. <laughs> Mark Rory Day. If, you're own, if you owned your own wrestling company in today's climate and were picking your next top guys, one face and one heel, who would they be and why? Here's why. Feel free to pick any wrestlers in the world right now. 
One face and one heel from anyone in the world. Well, I think for my top face, I'm going to cheat a little bit here, but it'd be one of two. I'm going to try and sort of cover all the spheres. I would take AJ Styles or I would take Kenny Omega because I see a lot of them in each other. I just both think they get wrestling and they understand how to portray themselves as a good baby face, which I think is really hard in 2018, as I talk about all the time. My favorite thing is a baby face that can be beloved. And I actually think for a heel, I'd take Samoa Joe for that exact same reason. Uh, you know, he just knows how to be hated. Um, and even with those two guys, you could start a wrestling promotion because they're so good. So I think that would, uh, if, you know, my, my next, I mean, the problem is, is, are they mainstream stars, you could argue? I think you could make them mainstream stars. I think they're that good and that likable. So yeah, I'd pick AJ Styles as my face and Samoa Joe, uh, Samoa Joe, just because I think, in, like I say, in this culture we now live in, they can actually get the response they want. And that doesn't always, um, that doesn't always happen. Uh, Billy Bob Dobson, why? Here's why. We know that one. Uh, Nick Palmer, look at the Raw Tag Team division. Who do you think is the next contenders for the title? Would it be AOP? Or will they be kept away from the title until they're better established in the main roster? Well, the also paying weren't even on Raw this week, unless I missed them. I mean, sometimes it's hard to sort of watch everything and take notes. I know occasionally I do, but I don't think so. It certainly doesn't look like we're going to have the B team go after Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. The biggest problem with the tag team division at the moment is it feels a bit lackluster, because I don't think WWE are focusing on it very much. I don't know why that is, because... Um, yeah, I, I, I just totally believe that there's more to it than what they're doing at the moment. But I'm still enjoying it. I like the Deleter of Worlds. I do like the B team. As for the Authors of Pain, I think eventually, but I would still have them run through guys for a while. And while they're not doing that, and while they haven't appeared, I don't know. It seems crazy to bring people I'm not having on the show. Have a promo package. Have a vignette. Sell them to the people that don't know who they are and don't watch NXT. But hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I say, after Fallout from WrestleMania, there's always some time before it balances out. And I think we are there now. Uh, Tom Brown. After his performance in the Greatest Royal Rumble, we saw Daniel Bryan come into contact with a hell of a lot of superstars. What would be your current Bryan dream match? One from Raw, one from SmackDown, and one from NXT. Mine would be Drew. I think you mean Drew McIntyre, Samoa Joe, and Gagano Champa. Well, I'll pick different ones just because... I mean, I would pick Samoa Joe as well, but you've picked him there, so I'll take him out. So my one from Raw would be, hmm, who would I want to see Daniel Bryan go up against on Raw? That's a very good question. Braun Strowman. I mean that too, because I like the whole big man, small man mechanic. I think Daniel Bryan can make that work wonderfully. Braun Strowman. SmackDown, again, it would be Samojo. You've taken him, so she's going Nakamura. I know we saw that on SmackDown, like a dark match recently, but I want a proper, a proper feud. And again, NXT would have gone from that, but as you've taken it off, uh, Ricochet. Ricochet versus Daniel Bryan, I think, would probably be one of the best matches I've ever seen. Ben Hurtchick, thoughts on where Nakamura goes if he loses a backlash? Now, this is my fault. I'm getting to these questions late. This is good, though, because he did lose a backlash, and now we know where we're going. I think the answer to your question now is he has to win at Money in the Bank. If he doesn't win at Money in the Bank, he can't still be in the, the world title feud, given how many we've done. So we have to draw a line under that. And that's not great. So that's I don't know what we do if that doesn't happen, but my goal is, is that that does happen. So I'm going to keep everything crossed. But it does ruin his heel motivations and his heel character if we don't do that. And that would be mad. I'd be absolutely mad. But I'm confident. I'm confident. Um, Syed Sarah, what's next on your wrestling to-do list? Just for the record, I think you should definitely go against Daniel Bryan with the Y chant. Absolutely. If you do come to Defiant shows, please chant Y. I would love to get that over. Uh, next to my wrestling to-do list, like I say, is a week Monday in Sheffield. Uh, it's fighting for Defiant. Then I've got another match in June. Spoiler, don't tell anyone. And it's just to try and, much like any career, I'm at the bottom. I've got to start climbing up. I've got to start getting better in front of a live crowd. That's going to take well. So I'm just going to, you know, hustle. I don't want to steal a Stina word, but... I want, to, I want this to become a thing. I'm in love with it. I have. I've fallen in love with it, hook, line, and sinker. And in many ways, it saved my life. 
But we don't need to talk about that. We'll talk about that another time. Richard Ingman, who do you think could join NXT to be the next top guy after the current crop like Ricochet, EC3, and the Undisputed Era eventually join the main roster? Well, apparently Keith Lee has joined. I have said for ages that I think Keith Lee has all the potential in the world. So him, absolutely. The Velveteen Dream, I, you know, once he gets a bit more experience, is going to be great. Um, who else could come in? I know mean, the Velveteen Dream's already there. Who could join them, though? I mean, they've just signed Travis Banks, WWE. Travis Banks is awesome. I would love to see them do something with him. Maybe they get Osprey through the door. I don't think so. I think he's still happy doing what he's doing. But you never know. Maybe that's what they reached out for. Garth Jackson, if the screw job hadn't happened, what do you think would have been different following it? Where would Brett have ended up? Well, it depends on what happens beforehand, right? Because if the screw job hadn't happened, does that mean we haven't had all the contract negotiations and Brett stayed on Raw and WWE? If, you know, if, if Vince McMahon hadn't wanted to get out of that contract, then Brett would have stayed. So he'd have just been doing, what, probably gone up a mid-card or something like that. Or maybe even had another run at the top when the time called for it. What I think would have been different is I don't think we'd have got the Mr. McMahon character as we know him. Maybe Vince would have got involved eventually. Maybe Steve Austin wouldn't have done that feud. Um, but I still think Steve Austin would have become massive. I think Steve Austin was already lightning in a bottle, and this was just another spark to to light the fire. But I believe that fire would have been lit regardless. But I think the, Vista, the Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon character may have been the one we may not have seen. It may not have come across like the way that it did because he had the perfect motivation motivation to be that guy. For this, for the, to this day, as important I think maybe it potentially was to launch in the Attitude Era, still hate all that, would be a Bret Hart fan to the day I die, for better or for worse. Liam Morris. Do you think Roman is used as a red herring to get over the rest of the roster? The thinking that if just one guy seems like Vince's guy, the crowd take ownership of the seemingly non-corporate back guys like Daniel Bryan and Owens, etc., and they maintain their indie feel. Sort of like reverse psychology pushing, what are your thoughts on this? I.e., would they bury Rusev on purpose to get him more over with the anti-establishment sort of fan base? I'd love to think that that was this huge conspiracy theory, but then I see how they treat Daniel Bryan, or how they treat Rusev, and I have to say, no. <laughs> I think it's more a case of Roman Reigns is my guy. He comes first in the priority list, and then we'll go down to the rest of the guys, and I'll just work them in as and when, uh, as and where I see fit. But I'd like to think you were right. I think, but yeah, just the way they, I don't think they'd lose as much as they did if that was the case. He just loves Roman Reigns. A fair play to Vince. He believes in him. I don't think he can prove. I don't think he can make it work at this point. But I respect him for, for trying, even though we're way past the fact and it is becoming a detriment to things. Kevin Keener, in the era of social media, do you think Tommaso Chump has utilized it better than anyone for his character? I mean, top five, doesn't break it, is, you know, is a complete dick on there in a good way. Yes, I mean, up there, I can't think of anyone that is happy to dedicate himself so much to it. Um, so yes, my answer is yes. I think more people could do that because look how good it makes him as a heel. Maybe you couldn't do that with the main roster. Maybe there's too much stuff you've got to pimp. I don't know. Stuart Erridge, why is Bob Backlund so underrated? And do you think he has that one more money match in him? Not a money match. I, I think Bob Backlund's name doesn't have the same weight as it once did. Uh, he is underrated, though. He was good. And when he was crazy, Bob Backlund, I loved him. I loved the crazy old guy. I thought it was awesome. Josh Tilbury, favorite WWE return. Mine is when The Rock came back to help Eugene. Return. Well, I've always liked the Undertaker ones when they've done well. I like Jericho's um, against his debut as well as his returns. Yeah, I, I, the Rock one was... When The Rock's got those huge pops, it's good. I think probably Triple H coming back from his quad injury, just because the pop was so big. It's just like, oh, geez. Even Austin coming back at Raw 1000, uh, 2000, whatever the hell it was, that show. That pop is so good. I watch that all the time. I love it. Uh, Sacking Christian, do you think having an overstacked roster is bad for WWE in the long run? No, I don't think so. I think it's more a question of making sure you're rotating it and make sure everyone has a story and everyone has a chance to shine. I think that's what's important. So, um, yeah, 
I, 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 you cannot have too much good talent, would be my answer to that. So the more, the merrier. Stephen Chambers, are there too many titles in WWE? Again, no, but it's about what those titles mean. So right now, for me, the IC and US titles still don't mean that much because they feel like props because that's the way they're booked. But really, we've got what? two? I mean, there is too many world titles. There should be one world title. That makes no sense, but that's another argument for a different day. Two world titles, two women's titles, uh, two tag team titles, and then obviously the individual singles ones. So we've got eight on the main roster, which is too many. I mean, that is too many, but... That's more of a case that we split the rosters. So let's just concentrate on one. So we've got four, basically, right? I see World and the Tag Champs. You can make that work, but you've got to tell the right stories. And I don't think they do that. And I think sometimes they even forget. I don't, for example, Jeff Hardy was uh, in, in a Money in the Bank qualifying match on SmackDown last week, and he lost. Whereas Seth Rollins came out and said, no, I don't need that. I've got the IC belt. That gives the IC title more importance. And that's what I'd like to see them do with all the belts. And I'd like to see those matches, especially on Raw at the moment, be held in more prominence and allow that title to become the world championship, for lack of a better term, while we wait for that one to actually come back. So I think that was what I'd rather see. Um, I mean, you can't get rid of a... I've got the women's as well on Raw, sorry. But you can't get rid of a title now. It's established, I don't think. Not in this day and age. I mean, European hardcore back in the day, yes, but I don't think them, the other ones will vanish. Uh, Mike Paff, I think that's how you pronounce your name. With Money in the Bank on the horizon, who do you think would benefit the most from winning it? Well, Rusev is <laughs> always going to be my answer. Or someone like Finn Balor, because as soon as he's got the briefcase, he's going to feel like he's, um, he, he, he's back at the top. Otherwise, no, yeah, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think Finn Balor needs it. I think he'd benefit the most. Yeah. Alex Pearson, who is the best entrance team in wrestling right now? I like Baron Corbin's a lot. I think that's good. I, I, listen, I listen to that one. I like Kevin Owens. I like Seth Rollins. Those three. I probably missed one, but those three. Charlie Esparza, what's better suited for wrestling training, bodybuilding or strength and conditioning? Everything. And the other thing you always need to know, and I know I'm the first person to say this, the only thing that will get you in shape for wrestling is wrestling. I remember I trained for six months specifically on cardio and stuff before I started, went there, got blown up in seconds. So the best thing you can do is weight train, do your cardio, do your strength and conditioning, get yourself into a position where you feel good, then make sure you go to wrestling training and just expect to get your ass kicked, but also expect eventually to find that balance. And that's what's uh, that's what's really important. Um, Martin Belpre, why should NXT sign Simon Miller? That is not a question for me to ask, nor is it a question for me to answer, but I'm very flattered you asked it, so thank you very much. Stuart Erdman, is there going to be a Roman Reigns heel turn to fuel the feud with Brock? I don't think we're ever getting a Roman Reigns heel turn. I think if they were going to do it, they were going to have done it by now. You certainly don't want to do it with Brock. That wouldn't work at all. I think you have to do it with a new feud with a proper beloved babyface like AJ Styles um, or, or Daniel Bryan or somebody like that. But no, they believe in him. And good for him, but I, I just don't see it. And finally, Nazar, should Miz versus Bryan be for the title? Personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Styles break the record um, at Punk if he holds it on after Backlash. Thoughts on either of these? Uh, I think... What do you call it? I think Miz versus Brian, because it always because ha- it already has that story built in. I, I mean, I'd love it if it was for the title. I think that would make it more exciting. But it already has a built-in story. So it doesn't really need to be for the title. I think people will be excited to see that match regardless. So probably not. And also, I don't think the Miz needs to be champ at the moment, and that's probably what you would need. So I'd say no at the moment, but I'd like it. And as for Styles breaking Punk's record, I mean, he's got a long way to go. How long has, I don't, let me just type it in. How long has AJ Styles held the WWE title for? Uh, it's not going to tell me, is it? I don't think it's anywhere near 400 odd days. 
So, I mean, I don't know, but no, you've got so far to go. No, I, I want to see Nakamura win it. I really do. I think it's time. I think it's time for that. So my answer would actually be no. Uh, I don't think Punk's record matters that much. I don't think about it that much. WWE don't mention it that much. I don't think I need to worry about it. But this is WWE. Maybe they do. Brock Lesnar's closer. I mean, Brock Lesnar is really close. I think Brock Lesnar w- beats it in a couple of weeks or something like that, or maybe a, a couple of weeks. He's on the cusp. He's well over 400 days. And Punk was 435, I think. So that's what you want to watch if you don't want Punk's record beaten. A lot of talk about punk. Maybe it means something. We'll find out. Uh, and that's pretty much it for this week. Um, as I'm talking, so I don't forget, I am going to post a um, new uh, Q&A thread for this week in the Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. So head over there, like the page if you hadn't. Uh, we've got loads of members in there now as well. We've got 1,050 members, which is wonderful. Thank you so much for anyone. I love that. It makes me happy. Uh, but we will do another Q&A episode this week. Ask whatever you want, as always. There is no question that's off bounds. Um, again, find the podcast and all other kinds of crazy gaming and wrestling videos at youtube.com. Force us the Miller Report Rules, which is my YouTube channel. Come talk to me on Twitter at Simon316. And again, if you could support me on Patreon at patreon.com. For us, Simon316. There's a link in the description on all apps and as well as a YouTube video. Like I say, you just be you do me a massive solid at the moment and uh, allowing these things to, to do, be a bit easier and allow me to put food on my table, which I love. But thank you to everyone that does support me on Patreon. You have no idea how much it means to me. I love the fact that we can build this community up and we can talk about the things that we want to talk about. I know I've been a bit here, there, and everywhere this week, uh, today, sorry, in this episode. <laughs> proof right there. I am very tired. I only had three hours sleep last night. Uh, I was at resting training and I had to be up the crack of dawn this morning to go sort some workout. So my apologies for being a bit scattered-brained, um, but hey, that's what life is all about, right? We'll, we'll sleep when we're dead. But as always, thank you so much for being for just listening to me. It's amazing to think that we have this group in this community. It makes me happen. Again, come ask me some questions over on the Facebook group. Keep enjoying wrestling. If you've got any thoughts, shout them out. Shout them out proud. And yeah, we'll just build some money in the bank because that's what's next. 